Thank you, Linda. At this time, if you would, please, children, you are dismissed to head down to Children's Chapel. And then if you'll also take your Bible and turn with me to Mark chapter 1, verses 40 through 45. Mark chapter 1, 40 through 45. This passage records one of the most powerful and amazing miracles ever performed by Jesus. In fact, this is one of only two recorded healings of lepers in the gospel. The other, which we're going to read very shortly, is found in Luke Chapter 17, verses 12 through 19. Here Jesus heals one leper. There he heals ten lepers. The healing of the lepers was one of the signs Jesus mentioned that proved he was the King of Kings, the Messiah who came to save his people. This wonderful account of the healing of this leprous man, we're given a glimpse into the heart of the Savior. We're allowed to see his compassion and his power on full display. Let's join Jesus in his encounter with this leper. Let's watch him as he changes this poor man's life forever. Let's also understand that what Jesus did for this man, he could do for any person in this room today. You may not have leprosy, but if you have a problem with sin, if you need a savior, if you need help, there is a word here for you in this remarkable miracle. So let's learn how Jesus transformed lives. And I want to preach from this passage on the thought, the touch that transforms. The touch that transforms. Mark chapter 1, verses 40 through 45. And there came a leper to him, beseeching him, and kneeling down to him, and saying unto him, If thou wilt, I love what that means, if you are willing... Thou canst make me clean. And Jesus moved with compassion, put forth his hand, and touched him and said unto him, I will be thou clean. And as soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy departed from him, and he was cleansed, and he straightly charged. That word straightly means, and he strictly charged him, and forthwith sent him away. He said unto him, See thou saith nothing to any man. But go thy way, show thyself to the priest, and offer for thy cleansing those things which Moses commanded for testimony unto them. But he went out and began to publish it much, and to blaze abroad the matter, and so much that Jesus could no more openly enter into the city, but was without in desert places. And they came to him from every quarter. Pay it forward. Do an act of random kindness. Every year we take the opportunity to, to learn from God's word what it means to give and it shall be given unto you with good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Shall the Lord add to your bosom and add to your life. Thanksgiving. We're thankful when we see in a whole other element of life what God will do to us when He heals us and miracles are performed in our life. Today, as we embark upon this message... I want you just to think of some things that may be in your own life that you need healing or a touch from the Master's hand. Paying it forward means being a light. And we see that Jesus was actually, you know, He was ministering, but He told the leper, please don't go tell anybody. I'll tell you what I really believe what He was going to do, and we're going to embark upon this message. I have so much to share with you today. I may not be able to do my whole message, but we'll make it in two parts. Because... I think there's so much truth and so much passion just in a few short verses 
that it just changed my whole life. As I said in my study last evening, I couldn't help but, but to think of my own life. We get excited and we share messages. Reminds me of the cheeseburger story down here at McDonald's. Sometimes it's not about the cheeseburger and the cup of coffee. It was about that woman that, that pulled away grinning and smiling because somebody that day, yesterday, blessed her heart and blessed her life. Do you think for one minute that in the leper's life or in a cup of coffee or tea or whatever that lady received, do you really believe that Satan was happy with an act of random kindness? No, he wasn't. But God the Father wants to continue to shine and to be that instrument of praise in all of our life. So he was trying to use that leper to motivate, really, the priest so that they would see what Jesus truly did. And we'll get into that this morning. Turn, if you would, please, over to Luke chapter 17. That's Matthew, Mark, Luke. That's Luke 17. And we're going to read verses 11 through 19. When I, when I was uh, here yesterday and I was doing some work in my office and I've been able to redo it and it's no longer orange. Thank the Lord for that. And uh, But it's more subtle and soft and I do a lot of pastoral counseling throughout the week. And so it's nice to be able to use my office for just that. And I thank those that have helped me this week to complete my office and, and get it underway. If you hadn't had a chance to peek in the pastor's office, uh, peek your head around the corner. But... I appreciate your help and what you've done to help me to, to stay and meditate and be in God's Word and to help other people. As I was in my office, I thought, pay it forward. You know, I, I preach messages, I give examples, and I always go through all my messages and tell all of you, this is what happened this week and what God has done, all because of time that was invested. But I thought, as I was in my office, and I just couldn't get it off my head, and so... My message and my focus changed, as God even said to me yesterday afternoon and Friday evening at 11.30, I think it's about when it started. He said, what have I done? And it kind of started to change my whole mood for today's message. What has God done for all of us? Not just in a monetary or material way, but in a spiritual way where we can just fall deeper in love with God. Man, it gets me excited. So the Lord started recalling all these stories of what He's done and the healings and miracles from the blind man to the woman of the rare disease and blood issue, the woman of the well, and all the acts of kindness that Jesus bestowed on behalf of His Father. How wonderful is that? Do you all feel blessed when you're able to bless somebody else's life? Can I hear you say amen? We all, we all love that. There's just, there's a fire and an enthusiasm that just, it's almost like the, the domino game. You hit that one little domino and they go, they all just fall down. It's exciting to be able to bless somebody and to pay it forward or to do an act of kindness. It's a blessing. Let's look and read together before I pray and we get into this morning's message. Luke 17, verse 11. And it came to pass as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Often, Samaritans despised. Jews despised the Samaritans, but we see here there was a stinging surprise of what happened from a Samaritan. 
And as he entered into a certain village, there met with him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off, and they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go show yourselves unto the priest. Isn't that the second time we've seen that in Scripture? It came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God, praising His name. I love that. Every time I look in Scriptures and I say, it says, glorifying God, honoring the name of God. How can you not, I mean, you just want to, like, woo, jump out of your seat. I just think, can you imagine, I just have to tell you this too. I mean, this is, off, this is an advertisement, you know, from my notes. But I want to glorify God when I see His miracles in this church. I can't tell you everything He's done, but don't step away from the favor and the grace of God when His anointing and His power is on your life. If I saw that the church was dried up and there was no longer any fruit from this ministry, I would bow my head and expire my ministry and new hope. But when you see God work miracles from the church building to the finances to, to the blueprints to everything that's taking place, even as I go way far back seven years ago from a deck to the YMCA. lady said to me yesterday at Chick-fil-A, were you guys in the YMCA? And I said, yes. She goes, I remember. I mean, her husband said, we remember. And, you know, kind of neat that they've never been here, but they knew we were at the YMCA. They correlated the name of the church. But it is exciting to know that we can glorify God when He does great things. A thank you goes a long way. Say it with me. Thank you. Doesn't it just make you, it makes you want to just smile? Just to show an attitude of gratitude to somebody. So here he was. It said he glorified God. He was excited. Just wanted to explode with excitement. And it says he fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. It says there that he was a Samaritan. He already knew. He thought, why would Jesus heal a man like myself? When we watch a video from Nepal and we see that God's people are so kind and compassionate that they present boxes a little toy, a little doll, something is going to mean something all the way around the world. And then the next day, Satan does his work. I'll show you. I'm going to destroy your house. Get out of there. What we don't see is all those little people rummaging through all that trash and the pile of debris to find that pen to find that pencil, to find that piece of paper that somebody gave them, all because they had a heart. All because they cared. Wow. Reaching down and touching somebody. Here's a Samaritan. He's falling at the feet of Jesus. And it says he's glorifying God. And he's given him thanks. Wow. And Jesus, in verse 17, answering, said, Were there not ten cleansed, but where are the nine? 
They're not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger. And he said unto him, Arise and go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. Selfish people. Isn't that amazing? Out of all the ten, we have one that was grateful, that was thankful, that was thoughtful. I'm now cleansed and I'm spotless. And then I think to myself, no wonder we go back to where we all started. That's what leprosy does. And in scriptures, I move forward. We're going to look at a sick man and the nature of his ailment. And understand it. Now I want you to listen very closely. Because sin will destroy your life. Do you hear me? If you think for one minute, that God's going to let His child make a mockery out of Him, you're wrong. He told the children of Israel in Second Chronicles 7.14, If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and I will forgive, I will heal them. I will heal their land. I will forgive them. God, have mercy on us. Because we've forgotten the grace that He so graciously bestowed on all of us. Let's go to the Lord. Father, we have a few minutes. And Father, I pray that You just bless Your Word. Father, I pray that You'll anoint these lips and this heart. Hide me behind the cross. Let me brag about you and show your mighty works and the hand by which just touch the lives of thousands. Thank you, Jesus, for your love. Thank you for your grace. And bless the next few minutes. In Jesus' name, amen. In verse 40, we're going to go back to Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 1, and it says in verse 40... I want to first of all point out there was a sick man and there came a leper to him, beseeching him and kneeling down him and saying to him, If thou wilt, you would be willing, thou canst make me clean. The nature of his ailment. The Bible calls this man a leper. This disease is known our day as Hansen's disease and it is still known across and around the world as a highly infectious disease that was incurable in the Bible times, but one which can be treated today. You see, in Bible times, no other disease was feared as much feared as leprosy was. It infected the whole body. It usually began with fatigue and pain within the joints. Scaly spots would develop on the skin. As the disease progressed, the body would be covered with pus-filled nodules. The appearance of the face would be altered so that the sufferer would come to resemble a lion. Nodules would grow on the vocal cords so that the leper spoke with a raspy and deep voice. The body was in a state of living decomposition. Thus, a terrible stench surrounded that leper constantly. Leprosy attacked the nervous system, comprising the body of its ability to feel pain. It acted as an anesthetic, numbing the body. 
The leper might step on a stone or on a thorn or injure his foot and be totally unaware that there was a problem. Infection would set in and eventually the injured foot might even fall off. The leper might wash his face in the scalding water and blind himself. He might reach into a fire to pick up a dropped potato and not realize that he had been badly burned. Rats and other vermins would often chew on sleeping lepers. One doctor in a third world nation would often send a cat home with his leprous patients after he performed surgery on them. But unfortunately, it ran its course in about nine years. And the sufferer would usually die a very horrible death. One of the worst aspects of leprosy was the social isolation it brought. The Levitical law was very clear that a leper was very clear in its command to the leper. And we'll be turning there shortly in Leviticus. By the time of Jesus, the rabbis had added many more restrictions to the law governing lepers. If a leper even stuck his head inside a home, it was considered unclean. He had to leave his family, had to leave his friends. It was unlawful for a leper to approach within 50 feet to a clean person. Isn't that amazing? If it was a windy day, the rule changed to about 200 feet. He could not touch his family. He could only see them from a distance. Many families brought food and clothing for a while, but after time, most families had a funeral service and regarded the afflicted person as a dead man. The leper had to tear his garment so people would recognize him that he was a leper. He was to dress as a mourner going to a funeral service, his own funeral service. Over his upper lip, he had to wear a cloth so he wouldn't spread the contamination. And every time he saw people coming, the leper would have to cry out, Unclean! Unclean! The leper's cry would warn people that a leper was nearby and people would pick up stones to throw at the leper so he wouldn't come near them. In the Bible, we see leprosy is far more than a disease. It is also a type of sin. The leper was considered the embodiment of impurity. The external defilement or defilement of the disease was seen to represent the internal defilement of the heart. The leper was a living, breathing commentary on the effects of sin. No one here has leprosy, but everybody here has a problem with sin. Turn with me, if you would, please, to Leviticus chapter 13. Leviticus chapter 13 clearly lays out the regulations for diagnosing and dealing with leprosy. Notice how leprosy pictures sin. It says in verse 3, and it talks about the Levitical law and um, the signs and the treatment of leprosy. And I'm just going to be highlighting some verses here in Leviticus chapter 13 for sake of time this morning. Verse 3 it says, And the priest shall look on the plague, the priest shall look upon the sores in the skin of the flesh, and when the hair and the plague is turned white, and the plague in sight be deeper than the skin of his flesh, it is a plague of leprosy. And the priest shall look on him and pronounce him 
defiled and pronounce him unclean. The outward manifestations of sin are merely a window in the heart. People aren't sinners because they sin. People sin because they are sinners. Verse 7, leprosy starts out small and then it spreads. It says, But if the scab spread much abroad in the skin after that, he hath been seen of the priest for his cleansing. He shall be seen of the priest again. And if the priest see that, behold, the scab spreadeth in the skin, then the priest shall pronounce him unclean. It is leprosy. Just as that leper may have seen a tiny white spot in the skin one day, it wasn't many days until his flesh was consumed by the loathsome disease. What a picture of sin. Second Samuel chapter 11, a little spot of laziness and lust turned into a plague of adultery and wanted pregnancy, lies and murder. We know the story of David and Bathsheba. David had his eyes on another woman. Lust and flesh overcame him. The enticement of sin, the attraction to Bathsheba, is actually called Bathsheba. All of a sudden, he says, go get that soldier, which was her husband. Bring him to me. They had a relation. She ends up pregnant. We know the story and I'm giving you a little reflection of it. All of a sudden, he says, you know what? I guess I can't have a child with this lady because I want her. I guess I'll go ahead and have him killed and murdered. So what I'm going to do is since the army and war is going on, I'm going to put him in the front of the line so that his life is taken. So we realize that something small Just a glimpse of a woman was a small spot of sin in the life of David that grew to the point that it overtook his life. We know what the Scripture says. What did did God say about David? He was a man after God's own heart. He He was highly regarded to God the Father. But then what happens? Pride creeps in. And now he's king. And now he wants everything and anything that he can get his hands on. And so sin overtook him like leprosy does. And like leprosy did. You must realize that a little drink of alcohol can turn into alcoholism. A little petting on a date could turn into an unwanted pregnancy. Let down the walls a little here. Allow a little sin there. And before you know it, Your whole life has been ruined and ransacked by the devil. Ruins your whole life. Then we realize leprosy defiles everything it touches. We notice in Leviticus 13, verses 44, He is a leprous man. He is unclean. The priest shall pronounce him utterly unclean. His plague is in his head. When a man was stricken with leprosy, He was totally and thoroughly defiled. Sin has a way of poisoning a person's entire life. It will poison your family, your relationship. It will devastate and ruin everything that it touches in your life. Ask Achan what he thought in Joshua 7. If a little gold, silver, and a garment worth 
were worth his life and the lives of his family. Ask David if a few stolen moments with another man's wife were worth the devastation and calamities that that came into his family as a result. Then we realize that leprosy isolates Verse 46 says, All the days wherein the plague shall be in him, he shall be defiled, he is unclean, he shall dwell alone without the camp, shall his habitation be. The leper was isolated from the camp of the clean. He was forced to dwell alone on the fringes of society. Sin also isolates. It drives a wedge between family members and it it separates the sinner from God. Isaiah 59.2. Let's turn now. I wasn't going to do Isaiah 59.2. It isolates, it separates us. Think about sin. Think about your own life. How is it relevant in your walk? What is your relationship? We came to church today to learn from God's Word but to have that closer relationship with God the Father. Amen? So we're here. So we're here to learn from His Word, but we allow sin to creep in. We walk out. We do a little jig. Walking out to our car, wipe off our feet. Dust off a little dust. And all of a sudden, we toss the Bible in the back seat and we cruise down the road because here I come, world. I'm taking you on. But we realize what Isaiah 59.2 says, But your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid His face from you, that He will not hear you. Wow. So church, let me ask you a question. We see the physical manifestation of leprosy and the separation that it causes. But we don't see the physical manifestation of sin within us, but it separates us from fellowship with God the Father. Where's your relationship? Where do you want to be? You want to be in a relationship with God the Father. Amen? Amen? Amen. We do. We want to have that deep relationship with God the Father. Leprosy destines things for the fire. And if we go back to Leviticus chapter 13, verse 52. He said, He shall therefore burn that garment, whether warp or wolf, in woolen or in linen, or in anything of skin wherein the plague is, for it is fretting leprosy, it shall be burnt in the fire. Everything the leper touched was burned, so so it is with sin. It separates us. Those afflicted by it to the fires of eternal torment. So we realize, one, the nature of his ailment. Two, we realize the nature of his approach. What brought this poor man to Jesus? Perhaps he awakened in the leper colony that morning and heard the news that Jesus of Nazareth was passing by. Perhaps he heard the good news that Jesus had been healing the sick and casting out devils. He heard the word somehow and faith was awakened in his heart. 
Maybe he said within himself, if Jesus can do all those things for others, I'm sure that he can heal me. He made his way to where Jesus was. It took great courage for this man to approach the Savior that day. He risked what? We heard it in the Scriptures and I read it to you. He risked stoning, humiliation, and death just to get to the Lord. Can you imagine the reaction of the crowd as the leper began to push his way through? I'm sure they just kind of separated or they ran and screamed. They must have scattered in horror, recoiling as the leper approached with his cries of, Unclean! Unclean! Here I come! Surely some of his fellow lepers tried to discourage him. They might have said to him, You better stay here with us. Jesus won't help you. He doesn't care about a wretch like you. But faith had been awakened in his heart, and faith was pushing him towards Jesus. That's the way it works. The Spirit of God arouses faith in the heart of the lost person. That person sees his condition and realizes that the only hope he has is to get to Jesus. When that awareness dawns in the heart of a lost person, they will go through whatever they have to go through to get to Jesus. When a lost person comes to Jesus, here's what the devil always says to him. You're not worthy to come to Jesus. He is right. Your own heart says you're not worthy to come to Jesus. Your heart is right. But don't let that stop you from coming. You may not be worthy to come, but He will never turn you away. When you do, He says in John chapter 6, verse 37, Him that cometh to me I will no wise cast out. That is the power of God's amazing grace. When the flesh and the devil says, you're not worthy to come. They're right. But when they say, he won't have you, they're dead wrong. Because he says, in no wise, in no way, will I cast you out. The nature of his appeal, and I'll conclude, this man came to Jesus the right way. He came humbly and he came in faith. He realized that he deserved nothing. But he knew enough about Jesus to know that if the Lord wanted to, he could heal his body. His words are filled with faith. He believed in the Messiah. He believed in Jesus. When this leper speaks, he acknowledges the Lord's power and the Lord's sovereignty. He says, if thou wilt. That statement acknowledges the truth that healing rests within the will of God. He did not know what Jesus would do. He simply placed the matter in the Lord's hand and left it up to him to take care of the rest. What faith. And then here's what he says. Thou canst make me clean. Thou can make me whole. This statement acknowledges Jesus and His power to heal. This man approaches Jesus on the basis of faith. 
This man has reached a place where he knows he needs a miracle of God to deliver him from this awful, terrible, wicked disease. And apparently, he's in the last stages. Luke 5.12 tells us he was full of leprosy. He was nearly gone and he needed divine information. So where did he go? He came to Jesus. (coughs) The man that could pay it forward. The man who could do an act of random kindness. If your life has been wrecked and ruined by sin, you need a divine intervention as well. You need what only Jesus can give you. You need a miracle. You need to do like this leper and get to the feet of Jesus. If you will come to Him with a humble spirit, with a heart of faith, He will not turn you away. He will turn you around. That is His promise. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and He shall live you up. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and He shall lift you up. This morning, here's a man stricken, hit with a disease. Nobody accepted him. Nobody wanted to be around him. Nobody cared about him. We see so many less fortunate that I think we, in our lives, push them aside. It's uncomfortable. Yesterday at Operation Christmas Child, there's some situations that are uncomfortable. Some people come, they give, they don't have much money. They actually smell. They have a stench about them. But you still embrace the love that they have. You're still there for him. What is paying it forward? What is having an act of random kindness? We'll learn next week as I go into part two of this series, which was going to be one message. But I wanted to paint a picture of what leprosy is about. It's the same as sin in our life. I don't know why God had me preach this today or what the message, who it was for. But if you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, today is the day of salvation. He wants to make you whole. He wants to turn your situation around because He loves you. You just have to come to Him. And He's willing to reach down and to touch your life. So let's look at it like this. Paying it forward. We notice up on the screen, and I mean no disrespect when I say this, but the guy in the gold is Jesus. He touches three people and he told his disciples, go make a difference. And those three make a difference to nine. And the six made a difference to 18. We need to turn our life around. Would you turn your life around today? Would you let go of the sinful things in your life? Would you let God transform you Romans 12, 1 and 2. Beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holding acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, 
what is acceptable unto God. Be conformed to the image of God and pass it on. Pass it on and pass it on. Jesus showed compassion. He showed love. And he reached down and he changed the life of that person. This week I challenge you, reach out. Reach out. Reach out and change the life of someone. Let's all stand as we go to the Lord in prayer. Our precious Heavenly Father, we come to You today. And Father, we're grateful for Your Word. We're grateful for Your encouragement. Thank You for being the ultimate, the almighty example that we can follow. Father, may we just have a touch of Your healing power. Father, today may a miracle take place in this building. Father, may Your healing hand and, and the, the anointing and the touch of You be able to transform and renew someone's mind, their heart, their soul. Lord, change our life. Turn us around. We want to be somebody that has to scream through, scream through the crowd, I'm unclean. Or wear a scarlet letter that says that I have sin in my life and in my heart. But Lord, cleanse us today. Purify us today. Help us to live a clean life holy before You. Father, we fall before You on our faces and plead out, Lord, forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Lord, help us today. Turn us from our wicked ways. Humble us so that we'll hear from heaven. Lord Jesus, we fall before You. Lord, if there's somebody here today that don't know You as Lord and Savior, may they come to the saving grace of Jesus. May You change their life. Turn it around. Today is the day of salvation. And Lord, today somebody might be dealing with something internally. Lord, let it come to the altar. Let it go. There be healing in life. All because, as the leper did, they knelt at the feet of Jesus. Thank You, Father. Lord, that we can bring our offering to You. We can bring our lives before You and lay them before You. In Your name I pray, Amen. Let's all sing together as we sing offering.